Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined with the true cute one. We have Christine Bianca Villa with us today. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. Oh my God, thank you for coming. We are so excited to have you, and we are covering Never Been Kissed, and I am fully prepared to actually engage in a fist fight with Donnie today, because I really think we have different opinions on this film, so... I think morally we probably agree, but you did say, I hate this movie, and I said, well, I cried. <laughs> so we differ a little bit. <laughs> I also cried, just FYI. Perfect, good. It feels good to not be alone in this. I cried because I thought to myself, what were writers in the 90s thinking, <laughs> doing, feeling? Why were they working? Why was this a thing? But we'll certainly get into all of that. I will say it was a bright light to see Molly Shannon whenever I see an SNL character in my midst, especially from like the <laughs> 90s cast. It always just adds something special. I do think SNL in the 90s was, and maybe it's just because I was like the perfect age to view SNL, but I feel like 90s SNL, there was never, uh, maybe better before then, but never better after, for sure. Like Molly Shine and Chris Kattan, that whole crew. That's your crew. My crew is, I think I'm like that basic bitch because they say that whoever was the cast when you were in high school is typically like your go-to, like that's the best ever. And that's for me, it was like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, mm. Kristen Wiig, all those gals. Those were my people. I agree. I think I aged myself a little <laughs> bit because, <laughs> because there was overlap. Like I had both of those crews, but mm. I came into high school with the Sherry O'Terry's of the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You <laughs> old fuck. So Donnie, I know that you usually bring your little tidbits, but I wanted to come today. Oh. I'm an overachiever. So <laughs> I came with one single loosely connected background information tidbit for you. Perfect. And I realized that this movie came out on April 9th, 1999, and that week, oh. No Scrubs was the number one song of the time. And I don't think I've ever told you this, but I do have a history of being quite gullible. For example, in college, when Dr. Bald and I first started dating, he told me that that hairless cat, the Sphinx cat, was actually a canine. That was like my <laughs> trivia, like go-to fun fact I used for <laughs> years. I'd be like, no, but did you guys know that the hairless cat is actually a dog? Earlier than that, no scrub, circles become circles. I am looping my way back. Okay, I was We're wondering. Getting there. Okay. <laughs> I was told that no scrubs was an anthem for nurses protesting the dress code. And I believed it for like far longer than i'd care to admit what did you think the lyrics were <laughs> what, I, th that's the end of my question what did you think the lyrics were 
I mean, I didn't really think much of it. I just thought that they were really like driving around yelling out, <laughs> no scrubs, no scrubs. Let us wear our jeans oh. casual Friday. <laughs> okay, that's all. Huh. Aren't you glad I came prepared with my Google fact? <laughs> singular? You're never allowed to do it again, I don't think. <laughs> but I do have a soft spot for TLC. They were my first CD. And I just aged myself again. If you missed the Saturday Night Live reference, <laughs> TLC being my first CD aged me again. That was your first CD. My first CD, I got two at the same time. I don't know if they came together at like Sam Goody or if it just so happened that I was like, I'm going out with a bang, two CDs. But it was Backstreet Boys, Millennium, and then it was Britney Spears. Mine was also Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Yes. Oh. My mom got a new Honda and I got my first CD. <laughs> oh, I love that. I had not, oops, I did it again, the album before hit me baby one more time i had the tape of it and then at the end the last track is her like teasing the backstreet boy album and she says now i'd like to introduce you to some friends of mine and then <laughs> and then a couple songs from backstreet boys play oh. so maybe those albums did come together Chelsea. that's what i'm thinking do you remember there was like that brief period of time? I think it was like alongside of the CD. They didn't know. I don't think technology knew quite where it was going to go yet because it was like we went from cassette tapes and then remember there were those like little tiny squares and they came with their own little player. Hit clips. You could get clips. them at McDonald's. Yes. And they would only have like <laughs> what, like three songs on them or yes. something? And it was like always eight. Mm. Yes. Was it the full song or was it just? A hit clip. Yeah, it wasn't thirty second clip. Now that I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking about, like, I don't even think it was a. No, it wasn't. What a weird huh. thing that we were all so obsessed <laughs> with, and we were like, technology. Can you believe it? Look how small. Sure, it's only thirty seconds, and then probably like somebody who eventually created <laughs> iTunes or like Apple Music was like, but what if we take that thirty seconds and that's all <laughs> they can listen to for free? And then we charged them. <laughs> Jokes on them, though, because there were so many of us okay with the 30 seconds. So I just listened to those free 30 seconds on repeat. But your <laughs> version of that today is you did admit that you will listen to the same song for like 72 hours straight. That's psychotic <laughs> to me. I do do that. You're correct. And that is why I get so sick of songs so quickly. Because like for that first week, it's literally all I listen to. I'm like that robot that lives in my house. Hey, play Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And then on repeat for a week. No, that song I played <laughs> till like it broke my Spotify. I, I do the same thing. But, see? That's twice now, Chelsea, that me and Christine... <laughs> our hand in hand in our opinion. Love that for you too. Love that journey. <laughs> we found the Josie Grossy of the episode and I think it's you. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not mad at being Josie Grossy when we're going to get into the other characters of this fine film. I will take Josie Grossy happily. All right. So let's talk about her then. So we'll talk about the movie. That's why Christine is here instead of talking about hit clips and driver's license. And hairless cats. <laughs> or dogs. <laughs> so I do want to give some background of the movie before we get into it. It's directed by Raja, like the tiger from The Lion King, Gus Nell who also directed the cinematic masterpieces Home Alone 3, Big Mama's House, Scooby-Doo, and The Smurfs. Was um, Home Alone 3 a cinematic masterpiece? Oh, no, none of them. Well, Scooby-Doo <laughs> was. Scooby-Doo Scooby was, was ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest, 
Uh, no, actually, I like Big Mama's House, too. Okay, but the Smurfs and Home Alone 3, no. But then it was written by Abby Kahn and Mark Silverstein, who wrote, again, not cinematic masterpieces, Valentine's Day, and he's just oh. not that into you. Well, I'm just happy it's not the writers from She's the Man, because while there were a lot of things wrong with this movie... We did not have any underage <laughs> titties, so there's a bright light somewhere <laughs> there here. Is. No headlights. <laughs> so, <laughs> some quick trivia before we get into the plot. This was a remake. I know you were shitting on 90s plots, Chelsea, but this was a remake of a 1942 Ginger Rogers movie. Love that. Okay. Imagine if I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> I would log out and you would never see me again. <laughs> no, in that movie, it was like this, <laughs> this woman who was going home and didn't want to be hit on by gross men. So she dressed as a little girl only for the man on the train next to her to hit on her the whole time. That so, is fucking dark. It, That's <laughs> deeply disturbing. Yeah. And then someone saw that and said, let's make a rom-com with Drew Barrymore. So my last piece of trivia is this was James Franco's film debut, which that actually reminds me. Chelsea, I know you are face blind, Mm -hmm. but besides James Franco, I need to know how face blind you are. Because right now we're going to play a game that you were not prepared for. So this should be fun for everybody, mostly me. I need you to list no less than four co-stars of Drew Barrymore's. And Molly Shannon doesn't count because I know you're an SNL freak. And now James Franco doesn't count because I just said Well, that's not fair because I would have said both of them. (laughs) So you've just like eliminated half of the people I know. Okay. No, but this whole movie is literally all famous people. Okay. I will say I did initially think her assistant, Merkin, whose <laughs> totally work-appropriate catchphrase is something like, Merkin ain't working, he's jerkin. I thought he was Steve <laughs> Buscemi for a moment. His like pointy teeth nah. and large eyes, he, I just immediately was like, oh. And then I did do the math, and I was like, I don't think this lines nah, up. So it. not <laughs> Steve Buscemi is my answer. Also, <laughs> there is... The guy from Step Brothers with the uh-huh. Muppet voice. Correct. Jessica Alba. Uh-huh. And that's it. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. I wanted to keep uh-huh. you on the edge of your seat because <laughs> I know that you do look the other way for a lot of my bullshit. But I am aware that recognizing Octavia Spencer's face is a non-negotiable part <laughs> of the future of our friendship. So her, too. Ding, ding, ding. Perfect. Winner. No. Wait, no, because not Steve Buscemi doesn't count. <laughs> Who plays her brother? Courtney Cox's ex-husband. Okay, all right, we'll allow it. Thank you. Woo! That counts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so before we get into the plot of the movie, Christine, we do like to ask our guests to give us a synopsis in one minute or less. So we're going to put up the timer. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Go. Okay. Synopsis in under 60 seconds is a girl who gets a second chance at high school. I feel like it's trying to be she's all that, but it's it's not as good. Um, but I still cried, so it'll definitely <laughs> make you emotional if you're exactly like me. It's absolutely unhinged and very upsetting at some parts. And then you have, like, an older teacher who inappropriately hits on someone who, like, he thinks is a student, which, like, obviously is very problematic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely chaotic and unhinged, but also perfect <laughs> for me. <laughs> Love that. For Love me, that. too. Yeah. 
Yeah, there is just so much wrong with this movie, and yet I think that Drew Barrymore kind of saves it because she can do absolutely no wrong in my eyes. If it was like anybody else as Josie Grossi, I do think I would have texted Donnie and said, I'm turning it off now. Goodbye. (laughs) This is the end of I Am the Cute One. She's just so charming. I think that before we even touch the plot of this movie, we do need to talk about how everything we know is a lie. Because the title of this film is Never Been Kissed. And yet, five minutes into this movie, we learn that Josie has, in fact, kissed guys. Like, plural. But essentially, she's never gotten a WAP. So, like, to me, this is a very different tale. This is a very different story she's... And I had only seen this movie, like, once before... It wasn't, like, my go-to rom-com when I was younger. So, like, I really sat down and watched it. And I was like, oh, I misunderstood the entire plot of this movie based on the title. Very misleading. I had no memory of her kissing men before the teacher. I truly thought the kiss that we were going to witness would be her first kiss. But this movie was just out here lying to audiences, both the movie audiences and now ours. (laughs) So, So for anyone coming expecting to hear first kiss stuff, I have some for you. (laughs) This is me stealing the floor. So I'm going to tell you about both of my first kisses, one without tongue, one with. Uh, Completely makes sense, by the way. That's two completely different first kisses. (laughs) It is. And we're not even talking about boy kisses. These are just both (laughs) with girls. So first kiss without tongue was in second grade. This girl kissed me on the playground, and then as soon as it happened, (laughs) then a teacher blew a whistle and was like, everybody inside, everybody inside, because (laughs) a rabid raccoon was coming out... (laughs) was coming out of the woods as we kissed. So I should have just taken that as a sign to never kiss a girl again, but cut to seventh grade, I had my first tongue kiss, and we had been dating for seven months at this point, and we kissed for the first time. That's a long time in seventh grade. Well, when you like boys, you'll do anything to not kiss a girl. So, so after seven months, I kissed her. And then that night... A rabid raccoon that was on your window? Close, the girl's best friend. She called me and said, she's breaking up with you, just so you know. So then my aunt called that girl and said, fuck you, lady. Your so, aunt? My aunt's a real one. I have follow-up questions. I have a lot. (laughs) Did she break up with you? Was it kiss-related or was it just a crazy coincidence? That was never given to me. (laughs) And number two, when your aunt called this middle school girl to say, fuck you, lady, (laughs) did she like call her directly or did she call the family phone, the mom pick up, and she's like, can you put Susan on the line, please? (laughs) Okay, well, here's the thing. Susan was a family friend of mine for like five years. So my aunt had not liked her for a long time. So like, this was all she needed. She was just looking for a reason to curse out old Susan. (laughs) And not old Susan, let's be clear, a middle schooler. Seventh grade Susan, yeah. uh Susan, this is a fake name, everybody. Susan is the one that made that, and after my aunt cursed her out, I can guess why. Susan is the one that made that AIM profile about me where you had to highlight it and then you saw a secret mean message. Oh, yeah. I mean, your aunt (laughs) called her and cursed her out. I might, too, leave a secret message. For you, Donnie. <laughs> oh, wow. 
well. (laughs) Christine, what was your first kiss? Was it magical and everything you could have hoped for? Were you in a stadium? Or was it a rabid raccoon? (laughs) Oh my God. It was truly the most frightening, like, it makes me cringe thinking about okay, it. It's um, perfect to tell on a public platform. <laughs> yeah, he was my first boyfriend. Um, I hope he's listening to this. You want to give him a shout out by first and last name, perhaps home address? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but it was actually like in public, like in front of the lockers. Like there was like Ooh. people everywhere. And it's truly upsetting because we had planned it. Like we had texted <gasps> about it. He said, let's give him something to talk about. That's great. That is like this movie kind of. You're like, set five minutes on the clock. We'll be making out in front of our locker. If you Everyone gather around. <laughs> and not even making out. Not even making out. It was like a peck. Listen, you have to start somewhere, Christine. Precisely. And I'm a planner, so I guess that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I have nothing good to share. It was at a Halloween party. We were under a kitchen table. It was sensible. That's fun. Adventurous. <laughs> were people around the table? Yeah, it was a party. <laughs> okay. Were rooms full? I mean, we weren't <laughs> having sex, Donnie. It was just a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, then one would ask why you needed to be under a table in the first place if it was just a kiss. Well, you didn't ever just, like, lay on floors as a kid? Not under a table. How old were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I we need like, to start <laughs> High school, I think, was like my first real, real kiss. Because there was like, you know, there were guys in middle school that you would give the peck to and then they would like sneak in the tongue. They'd do the lizard <laughs> lips where they'd be like, Bleh. you know, like they would just kind of like <laughs> jab it in there. Yeah, this was like my first. It was like with a boy I really liked. It was the first real kiss, like Josie Grossy says. Mm, got, so got speaking it. of Josie Grossy, we open with Josie standing at the pitcher's mound at a baseball stadium. Now, Donnie, baseball is a sport that's played with a bat and a very small ball. I'm familiar. <laughs> I saw a league of their own. <laughs> and we see that there are five minutes on the clock, so she must be doing something wild because she tells us that she's not the kind of girl who does things like this. In fact, two months ago, her entire personality was basically being the human real-life equivalent of that person who scrolls Instagram hoping to see a spelling mistake so that they can, like, frantically type, it's T-H-E-I-R, with, like, an asterisk in the comments. (laughs) To defend those people, (laughs) when things were, like, really, I mean, they're still not great, but when things were really bad politically, I became one of those people, and that's when I was like, okay, I need to delete Facebook. Yeah, when you're, like, getting your jollies for being, like, you put the apostrophe in the wrong place, it's, like, it might be time to get a hobby, start a podcast. I did, actually. Go for a run. Paint by numbers. Do a puzzle. Do something. Log off. So, Josie wants to grab a bull's balls by moving from being a copy editor to a reporter. And, luckily, her editor-in-chief is a terrible father who... Seemingly, like, does not know about his child's pretty severe food allergy, which inspires him to assign Josie to go undercover and go back to high school. Okay, so my question for you, do you think that you would see Josie Geller walking down your high school halls and think to yourself, ah, yes, there's an appropriately aged high school student? No, and I don't even think, like, Jessica Alba and company, like, they don't look like high school students. So then when we compare (laughs) Drew Barrymore to them, we're just geriatric all around. Like, this is the new cast of the Golden Girls. This is not a high school student. (laughs) 
I completely agree. There should have been a big makeover scene, number one. Like, it could have convinced us a little better yeah. because I was like, but where's the fanfare? Where's, like, and again, the other girls, too. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's no. not it. I mean, that's, I guess, what high schoolers, like, kind of look like That's today. true. High schoolers today just don't have an awkward phase. I actually think it's just not okay Everybody needs to have an awkward phase because you need time to develop your personality. Like you need a time where you're missing teeth. You might have a unibrow, perhaps some zits. Donnie, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I, th- <laughs> I think you're saying the right things to not be canceled. But I think that high schoolers today, like, what do I want to say? How do I want to be canceled? They Let me normali- pick the <laughs> They normalized awkward years. So like they're still wearing like revealing clothes and like body glitter and euphorying themselves but like they're not cute still (laughs) but nobody's saying it but when i look at the cast of euphoria besides zendaya what am i looking at when i look at this new scream cast what am i looking at nobody in (laughs) in this age bracket is cute I'm just wondering, like, where are the braces? Is everyone born with perfect teeth? I'm genuinely wondering. I have not seen a child with braces in a 10 to 12 years. Where are the braces? I'm saying all of this out of the spitefulness of my own cold heart, of the fact that I was a late-in-life braces wearer. I got braces for the first time at 15 years old with my missing canine teeth, and I feel like I've done my penance so where's yours? I think they're doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know what? I do agree with you in that. You have to go through a little bit of suffering. I looked like a <laughs> small boy for quite a while. I donated my hair to Locks of Love and that was a uh, huge mistake. So there was like a year long period where things were unclear. But I used that time to really hone in on like, okay, like, what else can I do to, like, make friends? Like, I have to, like, be funny or, like, be good at, like, a sport, which I wasn't either of those things, but, like, you get it. Yeah, so I guess the thesis of this podcast episode, I just want to make it very clear. Donnie Hadfield-Smith is saying all Gen Z people are ugly. Or at least the people playing them in movies and TV. (laughs) Like, I have not, I have not encountered Gen Z on the streets, but, like, Gen Z, this is a message to you. The people playing you in movies, you need to have conversations with. Because they're <laughs> they're not doing you any world of good. Except Zendaya. Okay. <laughs> so, along with, I was about to say Reese Witherspoon. Ooh, oh, we are God. on a journey. See, Christine, this is what I deal with on a <laughs> weekly basis. That's why I was so glad when you and I had <laughs> some same opinions. I was like, thank God I'm not alone this week. <laughs> So along with Drew Barrymore clearly not being a high school student, we also meet her brother, who we learn had this like great chance of playing ball in college, but he let one case of mono stop him. But listen, I understand because I need to tell you, I told you my first kiss already. Now I'm going to tell you my mono story. So I was in college and not playing baseball, obviously, but I was Knicky in the school's production of Grease. <laughs> <laughs> my glands were swollen from mono and my friends and I 
just decided to not diagnose it. So, like, there are pictures of me at parties where we all just point at this thing on my neck, like, sad that it could be a tumor. Did I go to the doctor? No. And then until, like, it was there for four weeks and I was like, I need to check this out. Drinking is not going to make it disappear. And, like, you definitely had spread it to others. Oh. 100%. You just were like, let's go. For sure. Herd immunity, let's everyone get it. Yeah, because this is the time in my life, too, when I was stealing drinks from the cover band artists on the stage. You were probably responsible. You were patient zero. But I also <laughs> am not one to talk because, God, isn't it so wild to think of a pre-COVID world and the shit that we were like, oh, germs, that's fine. This is probably okay. Now, what I'm about to say, I acknowledge now, not okay, but at my senior week for high school. So I don't know if like everybody did this or if this is just like a Maryland thing, but (laughs) at the end of your senior year of high school, there was one week called beach week where everybody would go to the beach and you would rent out these places. And for whatever reason, like this is the inconsistency of parenting in where I live and grew up. We would all have to sneak around all through high school to do things. And then it was like (laughs) this known thing that magically we graduate we're still 17 and they like ship us off to Ocean City to just like black out for a week by ourselves. <laughs> but my cousin had gotten diagnosed with mono like two days before we went. And at their house, they had like a big, big party house <laughs> and they had shot glasses, those like plastic shot glasses in different colors. And then for my cousin, they had a different colored shot glass and that was the mono shot where Uh it was just for her to drink out of so that she wouldn't spread it. Well, that was the intention at the start of the week as we were being very responsible with the mono shot glass. But then it kind of became like biological warfare. And as people came to the house that either weren't invited or people we didn't like, we would greet them at the door and be like, here, shot on us. And we would give them the mono cup. To purposely give them mono. That, I've done a lot of bad things that I've admitted on this podcast, but that is the worst thing we've heard. No. <laughs> what else is worse? I just tried to give a girl a makeover. Literally biological warfare. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you utilized a little vial of a disease <laughs> and just, oh okay. my God. That is insane. Honestly, though, those houses were expensive. Like, if you didn't pay, you can't just sleep. <laughs> Thank you. So what you're saying is you are pro mono shot glass warfare. <laughs> I do not endorse this message. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. 
Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So my question about Josie's brother is like, at what point in time is it time to give up on your dreams? Because I understand Josie's trying to be like a supportive sister and being like, you could have made it. You were such a good baseball player. But like, is it realistic at this junction in his life for him to think that it is an option for him to play a sport at the collegiate level? Like, perhaps it's time to start thinking realistically. (laughs) <laughs> they said not in the Geller family. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe we crush our dreams at some point. Again, start a podcast. Especially athletic dreams. You got to get it in. Yeah, he's almost yeah. at retiring age for an athlete. Yeah, I'm no athlete, but it <laughs> seems like, you know, you can't just start when you're like 25. Right. I can't just go on a balance beam now. And like, no, 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 no. Absolutely. I would die. <laughs> So despite donning a feather boa and flesh tone lip gloss, Josie does have a hard time distancing herself from her Josie Crozy past. So after failing the presidential fitness test, joining the math team, she does face the humiliating defeat of also being turned away from the court which is essentially like where all the cool kids hang out. Now, personally, in my high school experience, we all like to hang out in the parking lot of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> was there a specific parking lot or place where you like to loiter for fun as a well, child? Well, you know, I was not a delinquent like you were. <laughs> but when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, I organized an after-hours dodgeball tournament for the staff that we played in my high school parking lot. And the police came probably because they thought I was like, you know, part of your friend group. <laughs> but then when I told them, I was like, no, sir, we are just playing dodgeball. If you look, we have matching t-shirts that we spent time <laughs> and money on. Then they laughed. And I was like, oh, thank God. Now we can have the orgy. No, just kidding. We truly, we really only play dodgeball. 
I have questions about Chuck E. Cheese, but I'll save that. Just like the sanitary part of that. I mean, mine was very clean. Okay. (laughs) Fine, I have one Chuck E. Cheese story for this episode. So one time when I was in the mouse costume, we weren't allowed to talk, obviously, because like, then I'd be like, hey. So then this little girl came up to me and asked why I wasn't talking. And I tried to show her I was sick. So I did this like I was coughing. And she and she laughed and ran away. So then I chased her through the restaurant because I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't. I'm gonna get fired for saying Chucky was blowing somebody. So you chased her through the restaurant. You were like, I know what will make it better. As a giant mouse, a mute mouse, nonetheless. And that's the thing. If I caught her, I wasn't. How was I gonna explain myself? That's absolutely insane. Did you loiter anywhere, Christine, or were you like Donnie and just playing dodgeball? I definitely was not. Um, Dodgeball is actually like one of my biggest fears. And no, I didn't really loiter anywhere. I'm starting to realize that loitering perhaps isn't a staple of a high school experience, but I spent a significant amount of time in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot before Dunkin' Donuts was built. We did hang out at the gas station <laughs> parking lot. But then when DD was put in, we were like, oh, shit, That's we're moving on up. Here we go. <laughs> so after being inspired by a very confused, convoluted Shakespeare slash peewee hockey metaphor delivered by Sam, the hunky and creepy <laughs> English teacher, and also the threat of being fired if she didn't get jiggy with the cool kids, Josie decides that going undercover is a chance to do things differently this time. So this transformation from Josie, woman who talks to her turtles, to Josie, human person with friends, begins with her going to a bar where she gets absolutely fucked up on (laughs) weed brownies. I'm just going to gloss over the fact that her teacher also being there and drinking with his students is just totally normalized. That was a little. It was a lot. And it wasn't just (laughs) her there. Like, the whole student body was there. And also her coworkers. I'm like, is this literally the only bar that exists in this right. town? And what made him want to introduce his student to his <laughs> girlfriend? Like, we're getting too close. Yeah, this took place, I think, in like a big city. Like, so it's not like this was the Applebee's they were hanging out at. Then I would say like, okay. Yeah, and I can't imagine a worse time as like a grown adult running into the kids that you teach when you're just like trying to get drunk (laughs) with your girlfriend. Right. And then to go up to those students, like you said, and introduce them. It's just a lot. So I'm just going to shuffle on past all that and instead focus on the underage stamp that she had placed (laughs) on her hand because Donnie and I frequently talk about how It's surprising when you first meet us, like this part of our personalities, but Donnie is like a rule (laughs) follower. And for me, I kind of feel like rules are like suggestions and I like to see like, what can I get away with? Maybe I should just try. (laughs) So for me, getting into bars underage was a personal favorite pastime of mine because it really like gave me a thrill. And I was the proud co-owner of the world's worst fake ID (laughs) because my roommate and I, we shared an ID and we would like alternate weekends that we got to use it. But it was a New York State ID. And that was like before they, for whatever reason, New York State, it wasn't laminated. So it was like a real person's ID that we had Uh found. I'm from New York. You used to be able to, they switched it. 
it was called chalking. Yes. And then they switched it. Now all New York State IDs are on. Yeah, because yeah. you could like write on them. Uh, like, yeah, you so could literally you... like chalk it to change a number. It was oh. crazy. So we didn't have to do that because luckily the persons whose ID we, I guess, stole because we found and just didn't turn in and we were like, this will work. But <laughs> She was actually of age, but the issue was that her hair was blonde. And at the time, my hair, I was going through my snooky phase where I was very Oompa Loompa adjacent, <laughs> went tanning every day, As very orange face, very black hair. So when it was my weekend with the ID, I would take a pencil and I would color in the <gasps> hair. And I would like make it dark. And then when it was my roommate's turn, she <laughs> would erase it and the hair would become blonde again. So that was, I think... One of the worst ways I would get into a bar. I'm going to assume you never owned. Oh God, no! The closest I came, the closest I came is like when you went to the beach and they had those ones you could buy, like with Miley Cyrus on it and stuff. But I wasn't trying to get into bars with it. I was just for my wallet to be. What do you mean an ID you could buy with Miley Cyrus? Wait, you don't know what that is? What are you talking about? Like at Wildwood and stuff, they have like. Right by, like, a whole stand of, like, you know, jewelry with your name on it and stuff. They have, like... I've been to Wildwood, and I don't remember this ID I, uh, situation. They did. They had, like, fake IDs you could buy that were just, like, something to put in your wallet, like, decoration of, like, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> like, I feel like you definitely had Miley Cyrus, because that was the only example that you provided. That was your decoration. Yes. Your wallet decor. <laughs> so would you, like, play a joke? Like, would you go out to dinner and be that person that, if you got carded, you, like, would give them Miley Cyrus? Well, first of all, no, I don't fuck around with fake IDs. I would never play any kind of prank like that because in my head, like, I would do that, like, clearly joking, like, here you go. And then the SWAT team would be like, that's not him! And then arrest me. So, no, I never tried to trek anyone with my Miley Cyrus driver's license. It was like this. Just a Hannah Montana. I have never in my life. Okay, so Donnie has just shown us this Hannah Montana, and I'm putting in quotes, <laughs> driver's license. You just showed us a business card for Hannah Montana. That was not a driver's license at all. You got a Hannah Montana business card. You were not paid to promote her, but Wildwood like really had something going here where you were essentially unpaid promotional labor i'm sorry i just muted myself because i was wheezing i thought of a hannah montana business card it just sent me over the edge well moving on so after literally being branded as a loser josie's brother decides to step in and help now he might be 23 but he says that he has the reading comprehension of a 15 year old and he's good at being cool I also would say he's a little too excited about, as he calls them, the underage hotties for my liking, which I think is a good segue for the conversation that needs to happen that we've been all alluding to, but it's time. There is becoming a near consistent segment of this podcast called What the Fuck Was Wrong with Writers in the 90s? Because not only is Josie low-key lusting after an actual high school student, Guy, but her teacher, Sam, is simultaneously falling in love with someone he thinks is one of his students. Like, yes, Josie is actually of age, but he doesn't know that. Like, what is with movies from the 90s and 2000s and their absolute obsession with clearly inappropriate romantic relationships. That's an insane plot when you break it down like that. Like, <laughs> he thinks 
she is a 17-year-old. He didn't know she was undercover. He had no clue. And actually, like, it was clarified several times in their first ever interaction that she is 17. She said it. Like, yeah, she numerous specifically times. says, I'm 17. Yes, I am 17. Like, it is laid out. There is no gray area. There is no, does she have a September birthday? Is she 18? She is 17 in his mind. And even if there was an inkling where he was like, she seems a little older. She's not like, you can't. Right. Also, does no one Google? I mean, I guess it was 1999. But like, she used her real name. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. That was bizarre to me. Anyone could look her up. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> anyway, so I got carried away because that whole, that really bothered me. I was like, put on the disguise. She should have had the Hannah Montana business card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because normally movies like this, like 13 going on 30, something was off with Mark Ruffalo because like he was kind of <laughs> liking this girl with a 13 year old's brain, but like they never, they never were as like obvious about it as the teacher. Like the teacher went on a freaking Ferris wheel with her and that was like the most innocent thing he did. He slow danced with her at the prom. It was just disgusting. <laughs> And yeah. even on the Ferris wheel, when he was telling her all about, like, his troubles with the girl, I was like, like what yeah. is happening? And he literally says, like, at the top of that carnival ride, when she is isolated with this authority figure, let's be clear, he says something along the lines of, like, guys will be lined up the block for you when you get yeah. older. And it's like, today this would be called grooming, but in the 90s it was, like, a cute little scene and her response was like oh you have to say that you're, you're my, my teacher, teacher. <laughs> he should be the last one saying that he like knows that because that's when he's like no i shouldn't say that because i'm your teacher well then shut the fuck up <laughs> like you know you know better have than. some self-control you weirdo yeah. it made me upset to see him as only the man i know as jennifer lopez's husband and monster-in-law in this role <laughs> because i did not like it one bit no. no, and it was literally every single relationship in this movie and every single duo, because I would say the least problematic pairing, because at least they were age appropriate, were the co-workers. But even in that situation, it was a boss and his employee, and this boss had been firing this person for having inner office relationships until it was him, and then it was fine. And that was like... The best version of relationships <laughs> right. in this movie. The brother's whole plot line, not whole, <laughs> but almost. The brother's whole plot line was that 16-year-old girl trying to lose her virginity to him. A mess. A mess, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the brother, he basically helps Josie's social stock begin to rise by doing some, like, well-placed rumors, including one <laughs> where he talks about fucking her. <laughs> no, no. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> So prom is an already touchy subject for Sorry. Josie, who was <laughs> who was egged in the head at her first one. <laughs> but things are about to be even because worse. Because I'll tell you why. So let me let me do some character work here. They're in class, and this bitch literally gets on the intercom and says, "Bad news! East Glen East is having the same prom theme we are, Millennium." And then logs off. Like there's no student body <laughs> emergency meeting. There's no like voting to say like what should our next theme be she literally like <laughs> runs into the office goes on the intercom says that and logs out there's a fire there's a fire <laughs> yeah. yeah and then that like cute boy is like i guess josie should pick it's so insane yeah that's one classroom like all of a sudden where's the rest of the student body 
They have to vote. Yes. What if they're all doing the same thing and then they're like, sorry, this girl that started school three weeks ago decided. Our new sorry, team. the 30 year old wearing that boa feather <laughs> necklace decided we were going to do this weird ass one. Yeah. Oh. Nobody could have ever predicted that a 1999 prom would have chosen the millennial theme. Also, never talked about again. This is like a huge deal that the other school has the same theme. Never mentioned And the competition of best prom, that went out the window. So luckily, Josie does come up with a new theme, an insane one, but meant for each other. Famous couples throughout history. Which honestly, I kind of like. Yes, thank you, Christine. You too, peas in a pot. Do you want me to log out, Donnie? I feel like I'm the third wheel at this Like, I'm kind of obsessed with that theme. I kind of want to do it for like my birthday. Yes, I love it. I love that if you get to decide what iconic means to you. Like if you're Adam and Eve, great. If you're Snooky and JWoww, great. Whatever iconic couple means to you, do it. And I like that it shames single people (laughs) secretly. Like, sorry, you need a date. (laughs) Who would we go as, Donnie, if we went together as a couple? Who is the, who's the boy and who's the girl? Well, I think it's, it could be either. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So if I'm the boy and you're the girl, let's be Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook from She's All That. Because I feel like that is like quintessential teen rom-com and everyone will know who we are. And then this way, when we get to the dance, if I ditch you for my other friends, I'm still in a tuck. So I don't look I like that you're already planning on ditching me. Okay. Just based on past experience. I know how I am at proms. Hmm. So then if you're the boy and I'm the girl, then I think we should be Drew Barrymore and Ghostface from Scream, but like prommed out. Like I'll wear a (laughs) denim tool skirt and like my sweater will be a crop top. (laughs) I'm kind of obsessed with that. If we end up scoring tickets to 90s con, because you know, it's just not in my price point right now. So ask, believe, receive if a listener somehow manifests tickets for us, that will be our costume. I love that. And then if we're both girls at prom, then we're Cher and Dion. Not in blackface, of course. But like, <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> I already got canceled for this episode for saying Gen Z was ugly. I can't get canceled <laughs> twice. Well, I mean, in previous episodes, you've gotten canceled for doing a Bill Cosby impression. So I think, you know, we're coming out ahead on this one here. Yeah, I think we could be those. Those are good ones. Or we could be like Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) I just said that to see your face. Uh, It's worth it for the video. One day we'll release the video footage, people, because it's really a treat. So prom is at this point the hottest reality show on TV because – Everybody is creeping on Josie's experience through that little spy cam. Also creepy. Also creepy. I mean, also recording underage people without their consent seems very (laughs) problematic and very like Mm SVU-esque. But again, something maybe we should just blow past. (laughs) Yeah. Ice-T is going to be busting in there soon with like a very forced pun having to do with prom and Josie Grossy any minute now. I hadn't even thought about that part. I did think about how weird it was with the camera when she had loser on her forehead and she was in the bathroom looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh, so they're like watching her urinate. Oh, yeah. Like they can hear. Yeah. And I always look between my legs when I'm on the toilet. (laughs) So I know that they saw a glimpse. 
<laughs> I did also find it strange that like they have access to see her and hear her, but she can never like ask them questions. It seems like they should have yeah given her some sort yes. of earpiece. Yeah, maybe the technology wasn't there yet. We still had those. <laughs> What were they? Clip hits? Hit <laughs> so Rob, her brother, does show character growth by not having sex with a 16-year-old gymnast, even though he really, really wanted to. So good for him. And Josie is crowned prom queen while wearing one of the ugliest dresses I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, definitely was no Bianca's pink princess <laughs> moment. And I'll just leave it at that. Wait, but I'm so glad you said this because last week when we talked about Bianca's hideous prom dress, I talked about the people who wore duct tape to my prom. And then my best friend texted me immediately after listening to the episode. And she was like, did the rest of the bad prom fashions you talked about get cut for time? And I was like, no, that's the only story I (laughs) told. She's like, did you forget? I cannot forget the girl who (laughs) pierced down her back so she could stitch it like a corset. And I forgot. I had blocked this out of my memory because I, for, I forgot until my, my best friend told me. It's so my gross. Body hurts. She my body hurts. She had two hurts. rows of like hooks of circles down her back pierced so that she could string back and forth through the dress. I don't oh even God. understand how that works. She's not a back sleeper. She has to be a side sleeper. Uh, I hope stomach. You don't want to have an accidental like rollover. I like feel sick. Oh my God. That must have hurt so much. <laughs> That is such commitment. And I am somebody who famously has cut bangs for a Halloween costume. Like, I am down to get method. That is a bridge too far for me. Oh, she found it. This is a very disturbing image. But I think you just wear a dress (laughs) around it. Oh, yes. Uh, Unclear if this is like a pregnancy announcement photo because it kind of (laughs) looks like it could be one. (laughs) Please DM that to me so that I can put that image out with the episode. Yeah, people should. 100% 100% see I think this. that's important. It's like the ring. We need to pass on the purse <laughs> to the next people. Or like a mono cup. <laughs> In another totally normal and not at all weird or creepy moment of this movie, Josie shares a sensual dance with her English teacher, <laughs> but leaves this age-appropriate moment to save her friend from being covered in dog food by the popular kids. And then she proceeds to have a total fucking meltdown. <laughs> So my question for you is, what did we think about her monologue where she reveals that she is, in fact, a 25-year-old undercover reporter who doesn't care about what the high school kids think of her? I know this bitch likes Shakespeare, so let me put it in a way that she might understand. Thou doth protest too much. (laughs) Right. If your voice is quivering, I don't think you're hitting the message home that you don't care. She's like, and you, I don't care what you think of it. Well... You might want to button it up like that girl's prom dress on her back. Yeah, so she blows her cover and everybody is pissed. Her boss is mad that she messed up her story. Her brother is mad that he can't play baseball and also flirt with teenagers. And Sam, her teacher, who you would assume would be like the happiest about the situation, is mad and I quote, that now he is allowed to be attracted to her. It's like... You kind of told on yourself, you said the quiet part out loud, but now you're allowed to be attracted to her. Like Meaning you were attracted to someone you thought was underage. Uh Uh-huh. And your student. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if I was her and was falling for him, once he said that, I would have wrote the article about him. Like, now it's your civic duty to do so. Yeah. Warn the public. Could there be (laughs) others? Like, 
I don't know. It seemed like it was pretty methodical in his techniques of <laughs> opening up emotionally, taking her on that Ferris wheel ride where she is isolated, alone, etc. But hey, that's a podcast for another day. We'll save that one for cereal. <laughs> Josie, though, is not a quitter. So she bribes the baseball coach into allowing her brother to be an assistant coach. So who says dreams can't come true? <laughs> he didn't. No one got in trouble. No one. But anyway, right. yeah. And then she writes an article about what she knows. She is a 25-year-old and she's never really kissed a guy. Not true. Just not true, but okay. And she tells Sam that she is in love with him and invites him to the state championship baseball game to allow him to give her her first real kiss. And the movie ends as Sam arrives late. <laughs> to plant one on her in front of all of his students. But even though everything we just described is so deeply upsetting, I still cried. Because I was like, that's beautiful. And that's love. And that's what's mentally wrong with me, if anyone's <laughs> wondering. So this is the part that made both of you cry? Uh-huh, the kiss. I, I love love, and apparently I don't care about <laughs> The absolutely horrific way that it started. So that's where I'm at. I love that for you guys. Yeah, when he started running down those stairs, I just cried. Like I cheered. I was like, yeah. Well, I guess now is a good segue. So if we were to cast this in a remake, number one, the question must be asked, should this be remade? But number two, when Donnie inevitably says yes, who are we going to cast in it? Um, I think you get away with a lot more things on like, a streaming service like HBO. So it can be a movie on HBO. It doesn't need to be in theater. But yes. <laughs> and, and this is who I'll cast. So as Josie, I have Emma Stone. As her brother, I have James Franco as a little callback to the original. As the nerd friend, I have Storm Reed, the younger sister from Euphoria. The teacher will be Chris Hemsworth. And the horny coworker will be Octavia Spencer. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's a cute cast. I mean, this movie definitely should not be remade in any way, shape, or form. Um, like, and I do love a remake. Like, I love how they did the he's all that. Like, I'm a sucker for a good Netflix, like, teen love, like, fun. Um, but this feels a little, it like, there's a line and I definitely crossed it. Um, but I obviously casted everyone and. I was thinking like um a Florence Pugh or like a the girl from Bridgerton whose name I'm blanking on um Phoebe uh-huh the main girl in Bridgerton like either one of them mm-hmm. as like a Josie and then I was thinking um for the teacher a Miles Teller oh I just really enjoy him I didn't even cast anyone else <laughs> oh you know that guy the guy mm-hmm. guy I think Dylan O'Brien could play him. Oh, yeah. And that was where I stopped because I just, like, didn't know. I was like, I don't know if these ages are correct. Oh. But I would want Octavia Spencer to be in it again. I completely agree with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there are no rules to this game, especially because <laughs> there's a fun little tradition I like to play where, like, every third episode I forget to do the assignment. So. Christ. <laughs> So, uh, just off the top of my head, <clears throat> Donnie is going to kill me one day. It might be today. <laughs> I also like a callback. So, I'm going to say for the teacher, James Franco, because it won't be too hard for him since, you know, in his real life, perhaps 
There are some parallels there. Okay. Anyway. He likes Shakespeare. That's the parallel. <laughs> uh-huh. He loves Shakespeare. And then I guess I'll do Josie and then I'll, you know, call it a day. Just doing a great job here, proving my worth. This is what happens when I try to come to this podcast recording with a tidbit for us is that at time spent Googling no scrubs and telling that story about nurses made me forget about <laughs> the other just essential part of this plot. So cool, cool, cool. For Josie Grossi, maybe Gabrielle Union, just because, again, she's ageless. She's becoming my Kiki Palmer that I just cast every week, Donnie. But I feel like Gabrielle Union's good because you can never tell how old she is. So she could be a 25-year-old playing a 17-year-old, or she could just be a 17-year-old, or she could be a 35-year-old. Nobody knows. Well, I had her originally, and then I was like, I cannot get Black people involved in this mess on Black History Month. (laughs) They need to stay far away from this. Honestly, I was thinking, I was like, maybe Zendaya? And then I was like, I can't do that. (laughs) I was like, absolutely not. She would, number one, never accept this role, Uh (laughs) and she would kill me. You know who I want as the brother? I want Jonah Hill. I thought you were going to say Pete Davidson. When oh, I changed my mind. No, so I'm going to cut that. Um, I'd like Pete Davidson, please. Because as soon as like you teed that up, I was like, oh, she's going to say Pete Davidson. And I should have said that. Because I really could see him as the brother. He would be good as he the would brother. Be good as Jonah the- Hill, what <laughs> Okay, I changed my answer. Pete Davidson, yes. <laughs> There. I think I've done a masterful cast. Okay. Great job. So for final thoughts, final question. What for us aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? The whole plot is <laughs> is out of business like Blockbuster. And what aged well is that prom theme for me. I think it truly is the only prom theme that should ever exist from now until the end of time. I agree with you there. <laughs> I was going to say absolutely nothing aged well because it was horrific, but famous couples throughout history. Such a good theme. My birthday's coming up and... Everyone's invited, and that is the theme. Yeah, this movie was not Rufus, as the kids say. So I think that's it. That's it. I saved this for the end. I had never seen this movie before. This was one that was not on my radar, not on my docket. Seeing it for the very first time in 2022, I feel like is different than seeing it for the first time in 1999. That makes sense. Not iconic in the way it should be, unfortunately. But... Then again, I don't know how we'll ever forget it. So it, this is, it's technically timeless. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Christine. Before you go, tell the people where they can follow you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Christine Bianca Villa. And that's about it. Oh, I dabble on Twitter. It's a frightening place, <laughs> but I do dabble. Um, yeah, that's about it. My dog has an Instagram. It's Lady Pips. That's important. <laughs> We're trying to get her some deals on free dog clothes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.